You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are connected to our faith in Jesus and the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, we're going to hear some of Zach Wyrock's story. So if you've been around CCC, if you're a member of the congregation, you know that coming up in fall of 2023, we're going to take a vote to affirm Zach as lead pastor uh, while Joe stays on as senior pastor here at CCC. So we thought it would be good to spend a little bit more time getting to know Zach, hearing some of his story of how he came to faith in Jesus and how he ended up in ministry and here at CCC as one of our pastors. So welcome in to Church Unplugged. Uh, I mean, I'll just start with, so uh, I am from Southern Indiana. My family moved uh, a couple of times when I was a kid uh, growing up, but when I was in eighth grade, we moved to Southern Indiana and that's where my family still is. So yeah, that's where I would say that I'm from. That's where I went to high school. Uh, that's where I developed. So my dad is a pastor. Uh, he was a not a pastor when I was first born. And then when I was about eight, he became a pastor and went to a church in rural North Carolina. And uh, we were there up until eighth grade. We moved to Indiana. He's still a pastor. We, I made uh, an initial profession of faith in Jesus when I was eight. We, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church and uh, we had an evangelist come through and he did what is, I guess, the quintessential Southern Baptist evangelist sermon, which is, you know, if you don't turn from your sin, you're going to face God's judgment in hell. And at eight, I didn't want to go to hell. So uh, I went to a, you had to go to this back room where you would talk with somebody and somebody talked with me and uh, led me in a prayer to receive Christ. So that was my initial uh, mm. interaction with the gospel. But I mean, I grew up in a home where, you know, we talked about Jesus all the time. So I can't really remember a time in my life where I, I didn't think Jesus was real, that he was the son of God. Now, one of the things that I remember uh, one of my professors at Taylor saying is that uh, one of the problems with second generation Christians is that we're taught so early, and I was in that camp too. We're we're taught so early about uh, the gospel that we swallow it like big pieces of meat that are undigested, and at some point we have to throw it up, cut it up, chew it up, and then it becomes a part of us. Yeah. Uh, when did that happen for you? Yeah, that's a good analogy. Uh, well, so between the time when I was eight and I graduated high school, uh, I. I kind of was the sum product, the product of the sum total of two things. I mean, one was I had this faith that was disconnected from anything else in my life. So if you had said, how does a person get to heaven? I would have said, turn from your sin, place your faith in Jesus, uh, and trust what, what he's done uh, to save you. Uh, I would have said that, but I, if you had said, so what difference does that make in your life? I would have said, nah, not really. You, you know, I, I knew you're supposed to be good. You were supposed to, there's a list of things you do, you don't do, but I never really connected that in any way uh, to Jesus. So that you have that going on. Like just, I just didn't grow up in a tradition that was really working to connect the dots between Jesus and life. Mm -hmm. But then uh, secondarily to that, I uh, did not want to become like the people at the church where I was growing up. It was a blue-collar uh, place. I always say the town I'm from is a little bit like a Springsteen song. It, you know, I, the, the people, they were salt-of-the-earth people, but they didn't have any money. They weren't really educated, didn't really have any ambition, and I just did not want to be like them. And so uh, I went looking for role models or types 
from outside the church and the the people I gravitated towards were you know uh, people who who made money people who were educated people who were ambitious and all the people that I knew fit those categories were not Christians so I I I never kind of walked away from my faith but but I just kind of kept it in this back corner of my mind and said okay I have this insurance or assurance that I'm not going to hell, but now I want to make as much money, become as famous as I can, go out, conquer the world, accomplish. And that's kind of where I was until I graduated high school. And in high school, what that looked like is I wanted to date the best looking girl that I could. I wanted to be the best at sports that I could be, you know, just achieve, 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 climb up the social ladder. And that's where I was until uh, I graduated high school, and then I got a job working on a brick crew, which is interesting because uh, it happened insane. to be a blue, blue collar yeah. guy. Yeah, it's right? a, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so funny how the Lord works. So the guy who ran the brick crew was an elder at his local church, and uh, but he was everything I didn't want to be. He had dropped out of high school. Uh, dro- yeah, dropped out of school in the ninth grade. He had thirteen kids. <laughs> they lived in a double wide trailer. <laughs> abject poverty. And, uh, and so he's everything I don't want to be. And he works, he's a brick Mason. So even that that's rough work. And it's the kind of work where you're like, what, what's, what's his plan when he's 50? What's his plan when he said he didn't have one, you know, he's just trying to feed his family that day. Uh, but he loved Jesus. And it, what's also funny because I have no construction acumen. I didn't then, I don't now. So I'm convinced this guy only hired me so that he could speak into my life, for which I'm infinitely grateful. But yeah, he's everything I don't want to be. In fact, I remember first day on the job, uh, first week on the job, towards the end of the week, uh, one of the guys on the crew said, Zach, you're going to get out here and make some money and you're not going to want to go to school. And I just looked at him and said, every day I'm out here, I think only of going to school. (laughs) It's like, this is not at all what I want my life to be. Anyways, uh, but every day we would go to work really early in the morning because in Southern Indiana, the summer heat is oppressive. You're right on the Ohio River, it's high humidity. So we would go to work at 5.30 in the morning and then we'd, we'd get off at you know 2, 2.30 in the afternoon. And all day he would pepper me with questions about Jesus, about the Bible, about theology. And I didn't really care a lot about those things at the time, but I, I'm competitive and I like to win. So uh, I would push back, we would argue. And then I started going home each day and opening the Bible, not out of curiosity to, to find Jesus, but just to win the argument the next day. And it just so happened that over the course of those afternoons, uh, I fell in love with Jesus and, and my life was radically changed. So I, I started to read to win and ended up just reading to, to meet Jesus. And, uh, and the consequence of that was, uh, the example I would give is like, say that you have a toddler that has your phone and you want to get your phone from them, but you don't want to snatch it from them. So instead you hold up a toy and you're kind of like, Ooh, look at this toy, it, you know, and the toddler without even thinking lets the phone go because they want the toy. That's what God did in my heart is the more beautiful Jesus became Uh, the less beautiful all the sin and the things that I had been involved in were. And so over time, I stopped dating. I stopped partying. I stopped hanging out with the people I was hanging out with. I stopped. But it was never a conscious decision. I'm not going to do that. It was a conscious decision to choose Jesus and let these things kind of fall away. And that's the Puritan Chalmers. Yeah. Right? Had a sermon 
the expulsive power of a new affection. Yeah, so I always think about the hymn, which says, uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And that's what happened to me. And so I, you know, I can remember one phone conversation where a buddy called me and he said, hey, I have two girls and we're going to go out tonight. You should come. And, and I was like, yeah, I don't think so. And he was like, what? And, and I said, yeah, I'm actually reading the Bible. And he's like, that's crazy. I'm like, I know it's crazy. You know, and it, and it was just, it was a running to something not a running away from something. And I realized something that became, has become very instructive in my life, which is that if I, if you really want to consider Christianity, you don't do that by looking at the Christians around you. You do that by looking at Jesus. And I had spent too much time looking at the people at my local church and saying, I'm not like them. Uh, and not enough time actually considering Jesus. Okay. So then fast forward, you get to, uh, you go to college, I know you meet Amy there, and you guys are uh, dating seriously. And the next big thing, it seems like, as much as I know of your story, was when you uh, heard a speaker at a conference, yeah. right? And that changed the direction of your professional life. Yeah, when I met Amy, she told me I pursued her uh, from the very beginning. That's a whole story. Um, and she said, I, well, I want to marry a pastor. And I said, well, I'm not going to be a pastor. My dad was a pastor. I, I don't want to be a pastor. And, uh, she, you know, that was kind of a deal breaker for us until uh, we date, we, we had gone on a, a few initial dates. And then on September 11th, the September 11th, um, where the towers uh, were hit, uh, I organized a prayer event on campus and something like 500 people came and I just led the opening prayer. That's it. And Amy will say she was standing there on the fence about whether or not she was going to date me because of her belief that she needed to be a pastor's wife. And after I prayed, Amy said she knew right then I was going to be a pastor. So she said, okay, I'll date you. And then for four years we dated, she never pushed, which is crazy because she's a pusher. I mean, she's, she's uh, a match for my, the forcefulness of my personality. And, uh, but she never pushed, uh, my, my third and fourth year in college, I had a ton of political, I was working in politics at the time, which is all I'd ever wanted to do. And I had a ton of success. I was running campaigns. We were winning. I lived in DC for a little while and worked there. It was just a crazy run of, it's almost like in the old Testament where the Lord's favor is just on someone and you can't explain it. And we were winning everything. And I realize now that what the Lord was doing was letting me run to the end of something to become dissatisfied with it. Because at the same time, I had started a, a small group Bible study at my local church. It had started with like four people in Amy's apartment, and it had grown to like 40 people. People were coming to faith in Christ. They were growing. And over time, I found that my daydreaming time was being spent on what I would teach in the Bible study, not the political meetings I was in. And so the Lord was kind of wooing me in that way. And then I went to a conference and the, the speaker of the conference was the president of a seminary and he preached on Revelation 5. And uh, I was so affected by that sermon that I walked out of there, called Amy. We were engaged at the time. I had a job lined up in Indianapolis. I was going to go to law school at night and work at a political party during the day. And uh, uh, walked out of that conference, called Amy and said, okay, I'm going to turn down that job. I'm not going to go to law school. I'm going to go to seminary instead, which of course was the answer to her prayer. And, uh, and she said, what seminary? And I said, Southeastern. And she said, where's that? And I said, I don't know, but I just heard the president preach and he was awesome. So I want to go learn how to do that. And that's how I surrendered into the, the call into ministry. And that sermon was about, that. that's when you decided to plant a church or just go into ministry? 
just going to ministry. I mean, that sermon was about, so Revelation 5 is a picture of the throne room of, of heaven. And it says that there are people there from every tribe and every tongue and every nation. And the point of the sermon was to say, that's not true today. There are people groups that have never heard. And, and, and what he was saying was, therefore, this is one thing that if you give your life to this, it won't be wasted. Right. Right. And that's something that has always been really meaningful to me, my life having an impact and, and just learning while being involved in politics, learning that politics is not really about impact. At least it wasn't where I was. It was about winning, which I like to win, but it wasn't about whereas what was happening at my local church was actually changing lives. And just the Lord saying, if you really want to change people, this is what you need to be doing. So uh, I made that decision and I've just never looked back. And what brought you to Cleveland? So go to seminary, uh, do three years there. Uh, then from there, uh, had a few offers coming out of seminary to be lead pastor at at small to medium churches. I was only 24 at the time. Uh, preaching has always been uh, one of my gifts, so I think they were more responding to that, come be, preach. But I knew there's a lot of things I didn't know. I was 24. We had just had our first kid, so I knew I needed to go somewhere to learn. So I went to be a youth and college pastor in central Illinois. I did that for three years. Uh, one of the things that happened at that church was I did an event on a college campus where we spent a week in the cafeteria taking questions from students about Jesus, the Bible, church, and uh, and we rented out the theater on campus on a, that Friday night and said to students, come back out and we'll just answer your questions. And it was just me on a stool answering questions. And like a uh, hundreds of students came. It took three hours to answer all the questions and five kids gave their lives to Christ. And they were five biology students. And what they said to me was, uh, hey, we, we, we had never actually considered the gospel because of some objections we thought we had to have to it. When you helped us work through those, we were able to see Jesus and then see how beautiful it was. And I remember walking out of that event thinking, this is the ministry I want to be doing. I want to be in a place where these are the people. So I, I went to lunch with a guy um, a couple of weeks later. I was sharing this with him, and he was saying, oh, man, you need, to, you need to plant a church. Like You need to find a neighborhood where these people are and go plant a church. So I put together a spreadsheet of uh, where we could find neighborhoods like that. One of those neighbors was University Circle in Cleveland. Began to pray over that. Amy and I took a scouting visit to Cleveland, went to University Circle, which is where Case, Cleveland Clinic, the museums, uh, the Cleveland Orchestra, all that. Uh, stopped at a visitor center there and said, where's the nearest evangelical church? The lady there said, what's, what's an evangelical church? And we said, well, we're just looking for a church that teaches us that the Bible is true. Jesus is the way to heaven. We don't care if it's Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist. And she just laughed and said, there are no churches here that believe that. And in that moment, Amy and I looked at each other and said, okay, this is it. So it really wasn't even about Cleveland. It was about that neighborhood and the chance to reach those kinds of people. So that was in late 2010. And in March 2011, we moved and uh, started what has become City Church. And you did that for five years? Eight years, almost eight, eight years. years. Eight started years. in 2011 uh, up to up and through 2019. And yeah, and the Lord was very gracious. Not only did the church grow, but it was those people that we were that we had right. been inspired to go reach that we were able to reach. And then what brought you to CCC? Well, the initial experience of that was uh, we had a couple at the church who had grown up in Hudson, and the wife had gone to CCC and. And you have to remember at this time, I'm, I'm living in Cleveland and I really never go east of 271. So I don't know, I don't, I've never heard of Hudson. I've never heard of the church. I've never heard of, of you, Joe. I just, 
I'm just in the city doing my own thing. And she said, you got to come out to the church that I grew up in. You got to meet my pastor. And I said, sure. And, you know, I, I thought I'd be pulling up to this small country church and, and I'd spend an hour with that guy. And he wouldn't know why I was doing it, and I wouldn't know what I, I was doing it, but we'd both be doing it to please this uh, this young woman. And so I drove out here and, of course, get off of Route 8 and think, oh, wow, okay, um, this is a much bigger town than I thought, much bigger church than I thought. Uh, but then I would just describe, uh, and it's weird to say this with you sitting here because I've told this story before without you, is that there are only two people in my life that I've met and instantly clicked with. One was Amy and one was was you. I just felt like we... We clicked. I'd been looking for a mentor. I'd been, and you know, and that initial meeting went so well. It turned into monthly lunches, and 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 that conversation kind of progressed up until the point of of you talking to me about coming here. All right. So then uh, we, you and I, were talking about city church at first, and then we started talking about church planting. Then you decided to come help us set up Orchard, and then uh, you then I. Uh, enticed you to come on staff all right so uh how big a thing was that how yeah uh, how did amy respond to that yeah well first with city church i'll say i mean um really thankful for the time there it was an amazing experience and and that continues to be uh, a church that is is going strong in that neighborhood i i I think we had planted a second location of City Church, and uh, I was eager to see what I had seen happen in my community, a church spring up from nothing, in more communities in Cleveland. But we didn't have the resources for that. We didn't have the people or the money. So we planted that second location and then took us about three years to recover from that. Uh, I always say that we had a lot of people, but they were pre-wealth. So you know, we didn't have a lot of money. So uh, what I was talking to you about was trying to figure out a way to, to move more quickly in church planning without having the resources to do that. When you started saying, well, look, hey, at CCC, we have resources. What, what we need is the vision and strategy piece. I, I think that just felt like a great marriage. That decision wasn't hard at all. When eventually I think you and I felt like, maybe I need to be all in here at CCC. Uh, that was hard in the sense that leaving a church that you love and people that you love and a community that you love is hard. It wasn't hard to join up with what was happening here. Right. So that was the exciting part. Uh, so the leaving was hard. And, and you know, the, uh, it was the first time I'd ever really left a place that I had thought I would stay at. And there are a lot of things that I would do differently if I could do them again. So that made it harder in some ways, but it was never hard to run to CCC. I was very excited about what was happening here. And what do you look forward to uh, in the future? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, there are a couple things. I, I think one is, um, you know, we continue to reach more and more people. That is, at the end of the day, uh, if you force me to choose one aspect of my job that I get super excited about, it is seeing people really not even that aren't Christians, seeing people that in some ways have dismissed Christianity uh, come to see the beauty of Jesus. But a little bit, that's my story, right? So I, I get really excited about engaging people who are, are far off from Jesus. And so uh, when I walk past that hallway and see at, at the recording of this podcast that I think we're up to like 262 baptisms since we launched the Reimagine Visit Vision, that's very exciting to me. So I, I want to continue to see that. I think the other thing is I'm excited about the opportunity to be a blessing 
to the kingdom of God in Northeast Ohio. I think there are very few churches, CCC size, with the resources that CCC has that are as generous towards the kingdom work regionally as this church is. And so I'm excited. I'm excited about starting churches and communities that couldn't have done that on their own and being able to say, you know, 30 years from now, it's not just that our church is going strong, but that Northeast Ohio is is more saturated with the gospel because of what we've done at CCC. Okay. Yeah, Zach, I know that you uh, point to the time when we met as a, as a pivotal time. It was for me too. And uh, I felt the same way once uh, we left that initial meeting. I was thinking I'd uh, met somebody that uh, was extraordinary and that I clicked with and that I thought uh, I wanted uh, our futures uh, to be connected uh, in any way uh, that they could. And I'm excited the way things have turned out and excited about where we're going as a church and uh, what God's going to do. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.